Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Weirdly Magical podcast with Jen and Lou. And um, actually, let's introduce ourselves first today, and then I'll go over um, housekeeping and things. Jen, do you want to introduce yourself? Uh, you can putting in my uh, recording uh, connection oh. that I forgot to do. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm Jen Duchenne, and I'm an Akashic reader, healer, mentor, guide, and teacher, teaching people how to access their Akashic records and creator of the Illuminating Journey cards. I offer tools, guidance, and wisdom to activate your soul's choice. And I am Louise Eddington of Cosmic Owl Astrology, hence the owl, and now known as the Cosmic Owl. <laughs> and I am a soul astrologer and writer of modern astrology and my new book, The Complete Guide to Astrology, which is available for pre-order now and um, is published on January the 28th. And um, I do YouTube videos, I write, um, I do astrology readings, of course. Um, I have a membership as well, and I help my um, clients to really reach a deeper a point of deep, self, deep, deep self-awareness and acceptance. <laughs> In other words, you're not broken. There's nothing to fix. But just work with what you have, basically, and work to your strengths. And um, I think that's it from me. Um, so a bit of housekeeping first. We don't have any questions this, um, this episode, but if you have any questions you would like to send in, send them to weirdlymagicalpodcast at gmail.com and you might be featured on the podcast. Uh, pretty general questions um, only, please, not chart readings. Um, uh, we do have a Patreon, patreon.com, um, weirdly, forward slash weirdly magical. And we, we're actually getting a few patrons now. Thank you so much for supporting our work. Um, when we do, when we reach um, about $50 a month coming in, we're going to um, start doing patron only content. And we're getting towards that point. So again, thank you. And um, what else have I got to say, Jen? There was something. Oh, yes. We did the Weirdly Magical 2020 overview. And um, thank you. We've had great uh, feedback about that. Uh, we are still both offering our $108, 108 specials, one each we're offering. So if anybody's interested in that, again, just email us and we can send you the link to uh, book your special. That's available until January the 12th, just after this full moon that we're going to look at. So on to that. Full moon eclipse. It's a pre-numbrial pre lunar eclipse, which um, in itself as an eclipse is not that strong because it means uh, the moon is quite far from the nodes. But <laughs> this, there's nothing not powerful about this eclipse. <laughs> The eclipse itself is on January the 10th, 2020 at 7.21 p.m. Universal Time. That's London time. It's um, at 20 degrees zero minutes of Cancer and Capricorn because the full moon is in opposition. Um, the okay conjunct the sun over in Capricorn, which is uh, so the sun's at 20 degrees and zero minutes of Capricorn. We have Mercury conjunct, we have Ceres conjunct, we have Saturn and Pluto conjunct, and it's only two days before Saturn and Pluto um, conjoin completely. It's a date astrologers have been slathering over for years, to be honest, so we'll talk more about that. Um, also on the eclipse, Jupiter is conjunct the south node in Capricorn, so it is... Um, uh, the north node, this is a north node eclipse, which means the moon is on the north node. And we'll talk a little bit about what that means. Um, so we've got this massive opposition between Cancer and Capricorn. Um, but there's also a grand cardinal grand cross, um, Eris over in Aries and Juno in Libra making the grand cross on the eclipse. And to top it off as well, and the, there's a couple of other little bits, 
both Uranus and Eris are stationing direct right after the eclipse and before Saturn and Pluto can join. So it's like, wow. So before we go into all of that, because there's a lot to say about it, we're going to, we've both pulled cards as usual. So Jen, do you want to uh, show your card? Yes. Oh, I turned it upside down. I'm like, where's my card? All right. So this is interesting. So we have two cards here. The first is the light. This is from the Illuminating Journey cards. And um, there's tools in here. So the first card that came through was the tool of the light. And I think this is really speaking to not only this idea of being this full moon that's bringing light in, it feels very much like there's an opportunity here to, uh, when you bring light into things, to see them in a different way. So to when you add light to certain uh, thoughts, ideas, etc., here you have a new uh, way of looking at it. And then the other card is the seven uh, portal. And this card, uh, is, it's very interesting that this card has come through because uh, I see this as kind of the... Um, the inner space of the Akashic records mm. or other people see this too. And what's so significant about it is thinking about the fact that everything exists, whether we see it or we don't see it. So the idea of letting go of old ideas, old uh, items, you know, old history that we've hung on to, we have to keep it intact because it proves something is what this card is saying is, you don't need to hold it intact. You don't need to save it and, uh, you know, kind of uh, cling to it. You can release it because it still exists in the world. It still exists in the field. It's just that you don't have to hold on to it or carry it. So it allows you to expand your mind, expand your heart, and begin to see things that perhaps this um, energy uh, did not show. Like, you know, when you're all stuck with stuff, you don't see beyond that. But once that stuff moves, it's like moving a rock out of a cave. You move it out the way and you're like, wow, I didn't know there was all this stuff behind. I also think it's interesting because uh, I believe there's an owl in here. Yeah, there's an owl. Is that Louise? Yes, I can. And there's uh, Athena. Yeah. So it's this female energy coming down to... Um, to kind of, in a sense, descending to take her place or to bring that wisdom, that understanding into our um, field. And interestingly, the day after this eclipse, Pallas Athena, asteroid Pallas Athena, moves on to the galactic center, which does bring down new information. And she's the strategic visionary. So there's going to be a whole lot of new information coming in during this period. <laughs> so that yeah. part that. <laughs> right. That's pretty f fascinating because if you think about the Akashic field, it contains everything, right? Including connecting to the galactic center. So that's yeah, really fascinating. Well, my card is death. The death card which is actually one of my favorite cards. <laughs> you know, it's the one that used to strike horror into people and go, oh, death. Because, but for me, it just means rebirth, which is what, so what's happening on this period, which, you know, yes, this full moon eclipse is on the 10th, but we, we can't separate it from all the energy around it and the Saturn-Pluto conjunction on the 13th. And, and this is the Scorpio card, which is ruled by Pluto. And this is death and rebirth. And this energy is you know th there's going to be a time before january 2020 and a time after but really it's a, it's about death of old patterns and letting it all the things jen was saying and and so this is a real stripping away if we look at the um energy at the south node in capricorn um capricorn itself is a sign associated with death as well because he's kind of it's, it's she rather it's actually a Fem, uh, feminine sign is actually um, kind of more death doula the whole line from cancer to Capricorn is birth to death the cycles of life and that's what's showing up and we're going through a massive change of life cycles collectively individually I have to say you know people will all feel it because of what's happening in the outer world but you know a lot of people are approaching it with fear which is the shadow side of capricorn but um 
you'll only be majorly affected if you have planets around actually hit by the charts but even then it's an opportunity for rebirth a restart building something really new and aligned so i love the death card for that so right it's a perfect uh, um analogy for what we're going through is when you have death you have the just like with the card the seven here you have the opportunity to uh, choose what it is you want to bring to life what is it you want to see what's the lens you want to live through and i think that is so beautiful to have that death of how things have been uh, with such um definite uh you know such a definite thing right we know that uh that it will impact us all because we're all connected to the societal belief system so some way or another you know we can shrug our shoulders say oh or go into fear or we can go oh here's an opportunity and you know kind of makes me think of the card with the light like you know what are you doing with the light right yeah you're using it's not denying the dark it's just saying, how are you choosing to see and experience what you're seeing and experiencing? Right? Very cool. So let's look at these numbers because they're quite fascinating to my mind. <laughs> very, very fascinating. Oh, yes, it's pretty amazing, right? Here we have this is happening on January the 10th, which is a one, and January is a one month. So we have the uh, date, 1-10-2020. We're moving into the 2020, which we've talked about. is so powerful, this uh, duplication of the two numbers, uh, not just in the year, moving us into a whole new time, uh, but also waking us up to what is possible, waking us up to how we're making choices. What are we choosing where are we putting our energy? What are we actually cultivating? And uh, of course, we have the 20. That same 20 is repeated if you're looking at the sun and moon 2020 with just zeros. This is like is so incredible. You just cannot make this up. Nobody would believe it if you, you know, decided to do it and say, all oh, right, that's never going to happen. And here it is. It is. It couldn't be clearer. This complete delineation of what we're moving into this idea of being in purity of releasing the old and moving to the new taking on our own empowerment which is what the awakening is all about the awareness that oh i've been living in a dream and here i have to wake up and lou and i were just talking about this energy the this energy we're in is a very like the hard cold reality of life mm -hmm. and we have been trained to think of it as something despairing, but actually when we look at it, step back and look at it and go, let me have that 2020 vision and look how hard things that happen lead to amazing things because here we all standing for something we value. We're really moving into that direction. We're looking at the bigger picture. We're looking beyond the obvious of what we see. And that's what's reflected here in this day. Um, I love that it's not only the 20s, but that we have the 10, which is all about um, new beginnings. The zeros is divine protection, love and light. We're, we have this opportunity just to bring in a whole different way of dealing with the same old shit, which is amazing, right? That one and then the two of the 20. Remembering that the day itself, right, because it's the 10th, uh, in numerology universally we're in a five month it's a four year 2022 20, plus two is four so this is all about uh, uh, just like capricorn it's all about the diligence of doing what we need to do and then we're in a five months so we know it's all about change changing the way we approach what we're living by because we're in the moment. We're learning to be in the moment instead of thinking about the future or the past. We're living in the moment and responding. What do I need to do now? Because I can't go into my dream world because this shit is really happening. So how can I deal with it and not feel threatened? Right? What do I need to do? What do I need to bring? And so being in this five, we then have the four year. We have the five month. And... Um, 
a six universal day, four, five, six. So I think that's a pretty interesting lineup because again, it's about that kind of continuation of the step-by-step -step. 2019, one, two, three. Now we're moving to the four, five, six, uh, which is pretty fascinating. So I think that all of this uh, energy of these main numbers is telling us this is about making choices. It's about choosing wisely, finding our balance or peace between what is happening out there and what are we choosing, like how we're going inwardly to, to change who we are in order to deal with the so-called reality in a different way. For sure. And, you know, uh, my dog's sneezing again. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> I also did want to mention, in case anybody hears noise, I'm having new windows installed and they were supposed to be finished by today, but they're not. So if you hear any hammering and drilling, then that's them. But um, hopefully my mic blots most of it out. Um, so, you know, and going back to Jen's numbers, you know, there's twos everywhere in this. There's um, Saturn and Pluto at 22 degrees, uh, which is the degree they're going to meet at in um, on the uh, 12th. And um, Uranus is stationing direct at two degrees Taurus. Uh, the one Chiron is at one degree of Aries. And Juno, part of this grand, um, grand cross, cardinal grand cross, is at one one, isn't she, Jen? So um, I find that interesting she's at that because uh, Juno's an interesting character. Um, she's in Libra, which she's very... Um, I w there's no real rulership for asteroids, but she's very kind of aligned with Libra energy because Juno was the wife of Jupiter. And, and in, us, in astrology, she's uh, really about um, equal rights and equality and um, egalitarianism and um, for everybody, basically, you know, economic, politically, all those things. And here she is over there in Libra squaring this, um, this full moon. Um, by less than a degree. Um, she's very powerful on this full moon, I think, as well, especially because it's all connected to this massive Saturn-Pluto conjunction, which, by the way, is so rare. I hope people realise how rare this is. <laughs> uh, the le in Capricorn, at least. The, the last Saturn-Pluto conjunction alone was um, at the start of the Pro Protestant Reformation. Um, the last Saturn-Pluto conjunction in Capricorn with Jupiter, that in also in Capricorn, and the South, sorry, actually the North Node was in Capricorn then, was back in 1284. So this is, you know, pivotal. And, um, and we didn't know that Pluto existed back then. And the energies of planets is more felt in our consciousness after discovery. So I do think this is going to be way more transformative, period. Which brings me to Eris. <laughs> Eris is uh, at the fourth corner of this um, Cardinal Grand Cross in Aries. She's been in Aries since 1927, so for most of our lives. Um, and she was only discovered in 2005. So we're just getting to know Eris. And she's the goddess of discord. But... My view of her after working with her quite a lot is that she she does cause cause discord, but she's revealing the um, the artifice of the ruling classes, which is what she actually did. Um, she's said to cause the Trojan War, but she didn't. She threw the apple into with a that said to the fairest at this party of the elites, of God, gods and goddesses that she wasn't invited to. And then they fought over it. <laughs> she didn't cause the fight. They fought and they caused the war. So she kind of just reveals um, she's, she's another outcast because she was not invited to the party. So, um, so yes, she, do, she does cause trouble a bit, but only where it's kind of warranted, really, in my opinion, personally. <laughs> and we have Eris, um, you know, opposing Juno, who is all about equal rights and um, the rights of the oppressed. And, and so they are squaring it. So this is going to be a very disruptive period, I have to say. But I feel that it's disruptive 
to do we've seen it happening already you know the me too movement the corruption in politics it's all kind of being brought up and out and pluto has a lot to do with it but i think eris has a lot to do with it more and um and so she's pivotal in this eris and juno both are and eris of course as i mentioned already is stationing direct right after this eclipse and then days after a couple of days after the eclipse well not many um actually january the 26th i think is the exact one pluto squares eris and to give you some idea of how rare that is the pluto eris cycle started um on december the 15th 1756 that's when they were conjunct together and then their opening square, the first quarter square between the two, happened nine times between 1907 and 1911. Then the opposition was not till the 1970s. We had five exact oppositions from 76 to 78. And then this square to, from Pluto to Eris on January the 26th is the first of five over the next two years. So this if you think back 1756 the cycle started that's before the united states existed as <laughs> it was the start of that revolutionary time it was the start of the uh, french revolution as well so i do think we're heading into revolutionary times we just hope there'll be peaceful revolutionary times <laughs> Uh, but all our government institutions, I think, are going to change. I think there could even be new constitutions, all that kind of stuff. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah, fascinating. For me, we're thinking about Eris is this idea of she's an opportunist in the sense that she gives us an opportunity, right, to make a different choice. When she threw the apple, for instance, into the party, people could have said, wow, that's such an interesting question. Who's the fairest of us all? We can Let's approach this from a different way as opposed to approaching it from an egoic point of view is what happened in the story. Uh, so we have to remember these shitstirers like Eris and Uranus that both believe in uh, a different uh, or, or more enlightened experience because we're going through this revolution of becoming enlightened. Mm -hmm. The thing is, we don't just become enlightened by hoping that everything's just going to go smoothly. Uh, what actually happens is uh, things start to crumble. There's more aggression and aggravation. And it's the things we choose to do in response that will predicate the, um, the age of Aquarius because it takes... According to the past, around 150 years in order for this to actually get started. So we're just at the seeding of this. Mm -hmm. And so it's fascinating that we have these meetings of these great players in such uh, uh, dynamic ways that are like, yes, something can happen and you can go into fear. You can go in, uh, see, we never get it. You know, we're talking about this stuff, this whole rebellion and dissolution of the um, patriarchy it doesn't mean people are just going to lie down and say oh yeah i've been out of integrity so here let me just give you everything you want yeah i'm just going to everyone everything's going to be all fair it's like no that's dreamland okay we actually live in a real world so we have to look at some of these horrific things that are happening from a bigger perspective like yeah. going this awful stuff is happening and how do I need to respond to this? You know, what am I going to put my energy into? Because this is all about us putting our energy into who we are and what we believe and what we value so we can stand up to the oppression and to the pushback um, that is coming. Us turning to our nature, to connection with nature, as opposed to falling into a hole of just technology for the sake of technology oh we can have all these great things we're doing and exploring we're going to space but if we don't deal with our problems we're not going to um, escape the imprisonment of what comes with it so I, I think this is all about choice 
free will and choice. The two is about finding that balance point between two things. The one is about being an individual. So we see the pattern over and over again. So we're being reminded like Eris, she's coming in, she's going, here's a moment to pause and go, which way do I want to deal with this question with this golden apple? Here's somebody's coming to our midst who wasn't invited. We don't even like her. And now she's um, confronting us. And what are we choosing to do? Are I think that's such a... It like the, <laughs> are we going to fight over it? Or like, who, right. knows, you know, who knows what to the fairest meant as well? They just assumed it meant who was the most beautiful. Maybe it didn't. Right. But... <laughs> well, but that too, again, if you're looking for validation outside of you, like, oh, I want you to say I'm the most beautiful. They could have all got, well, you know what? I'm the most beautiful and I'm good with that. But instead they chose to fight about it. So again, it's that same thing of looking at how we can spend a lot of time spinning wheels or looking at what other people are doing and not actually focusing on building what it is we believe in. Because behind the scenes of all this disturbance, we all have to be building the things we believe in through value, integrity, honesty, and, and uh, this determination of what it is we want. It's not going to happen just by sitting on our couches. It's not going to happen by um, talking about what we're pissed off about or attacking people we don't like, right? I think that's just such a, such a fantastic comparison where we are now to that same place when Eris entered that party, right? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And Juno too, you know, she um, she was Jupiter's wife and um, we were talking about it a little bit before the um, before we, we started recording. And, you know, their marriage started off well and then he started, you know, being a philanderer and treating her quite badly. And, uh, <laughs> and so she fought for the rights of women like her, basically. So um, do we choose to do that as well? And, you know, series, as Jen mentioned something about um, living in alignment with, you know, the earth, the nature and coming back down to that living, you know, instead of thinking we've got to go out somewhere else to fix things and stuff. And series is very much about that. And she's right in the mix, right next to the sun in Capricorn on this. And she will be at 22 degrees when Saturn and Pluto meet on the 12th. And and she is about the the natural cycles of the earth and of life and death and rebirth and all those things and the harvest. And we've been talking about it for months, but, you know, we are so being called to live more in alignment with what we have here instead of thinking there's something out there to fix us and um and that includes our own humanity and you know the fact we have cycles of life and death in that too so uh and mercury's right there next to the sun as well meaning our minds um are preoccupied with that and incidentally mercury is still out of bounds on this eclipse so we're still thinking out of the box Things are still a bit Mercury retrograde-ish because Mercury's out of bounds until the 12th, until Saturn and Pluto meet. I did want to talk a a little bit about the South Node, or the nodes, Jen, um, uh, because Jupiter is on the South Node and, and we are being asked to kind of let go of these attachment to these man-made ideas of what rules are of dominion and control and all the things about the patriarchy, you know, and I think this is going to be a massive release and um, it's at eight degrees. So I'll let Jen talk about that a little bit. So. <laughs> well, I find it fascinating. It's eight degrees, right? Because we're in a two, two year. We've already talked about the two about balance and bringing all of this uh, kind of making the choices, the, the, diplomatic choices as opposed to kind of being a victim or whatever, right? How we respond or an aggressor. Um, And then we're in a four year and we have the 22s, which add up to four and then the eight. So two, four, eight, this year and this, this uh, event here is a lot to do with manifesting a new reality. 
And these are all the things we're talking about. How do you manifest a new reality? You actually start to do things. It's very material. You're bringing ideas into the earth. So when you have this eight here and fascinating that Jupiter and the um, south node, so south node is the drain, right? And Jupiter is expanding that drain. It's making the drain bigger. It's kind of like a magnet pulling out more things, uh, letting us release stuff. I think or what I hear is this is all about us releasing the suffering and this idea that we have no power, right? Mm -hmm. So it's an illusion and it's a great illusion because we can ask somebody else to take charge, but now we're being asked to step up and eight is the number of leadership. It is also the number of stepping through obstacles or around obstacles, not letting some idea or obstacle stop us from, uh, doing what is needed, pushing the vision out of the kind of mind or idea, you know, out of disappointment into action. Like the thing is, we don't know if it's going to work unless we start doing it. Mm -hmm. And that's the key, right? And then of course, with the, the North node uh, right near the moon there is uh, not right, but close enough is this idea of what are we creating or leadership in terms of what is our home to us. Mm. And that's something we need to think about. Like we valued in our communities, a commercial idea of home. Mm -hmm. And now we're moving into lean times where we're going to say, I don't need all this stuff because it's just bogging me down. It's making me, you know, spend all my time worrying about how I'm going to hold on to my stuff. So it really is about letting go of those things and going, oh, these patterns, beliefs I've held that have felt so kept me safe are not keeping me safe anymore. So it's that energy of releasing mm. what we don't need and going, yeah, I'm, I'm cleaning house, right? I'm cleaning house in such a big way that I can be that warrior of a new beginning i can pull back and focus on what is required i also see cancer uh, as this kind of the sign of the clan it's like going back to what is really family and home you know it's it's, it's find our clan it doesn't have to necessarily even be your birth family but it's it's remembering that you know we are stronger together and and we're all in it together there's all that kind of feeling of coming together into um, into a little shell <laughs> and protecting ourselves, kind of circling the wagons, if you like, but in a healthy way. It's kind of looking after each other. Um, Cancer is very nurturing. The North Node usually is about the higher um, energy of, of the sign. So, you know, I do know there is the shadow of cancer, but the North Node usually pulls us to the higher so. Right, it's pulling us to the potential, and again, twos are all about uh, coming together collectively, individually recognizing who we are. It's about loving ourselves and loving each other instead of separating ourselves. Which you know, that's the the polar opposite of the two is to see division, us and them. And mm. so, when we're coming together, we're creating our own tribes. Yes, you're different to me. Maybe I, you're not the group I want to be with. I want to be with this group. So we can feel we belong and develop whatever it is we need. Um, I do think too, with the serious thing and all of this in terms of uh, harvest and our food supplies, uh, this is really an important thing here because things are changing so much. Uh, everything has been so mechanized and taken out of the hands of individuals. And we're going to have to come back to thinking about that. How do we feed ourselves on a kind of a more mundane level? How do we take care of our own needs? How do we support each other? So we're not relying on other groups, other people who have power over us to give us what we need. And especially now with all these weird weather things we're having with this Uranus, uh, Aries, this kind of shock and awe type of thing, we are having things that are impacting our earth like horrible things are happening oh. in terms of fires and water and stuff like that, which is all part, again, pushing us out of the comfort zone of how we've lived mm -hmm. uh, and moving us into making more active decisions and having the determination. This is what I want. This is what I believe in. This is what I'm moving towards. 
Now there's one, um, before I say it, mention the other thing I wanted to talk about, um, I would, Jen talked about the horrible, horrible fires. Can I ask you all to send thoughts of rain to Australia? I'm very connected to Australia. I lived there for a couple of years. I have so many friends there and it's apocalyptic right now. Um, so um, please join us in that. But um, moving on to another thing I saw, um, it's Venus and Mars. The, uh, the sun is actually at the midpoint of semi-squares to um, Venus and Mars. And that means the moon um, is um, an awkward aspect to them too. But I'm going to talk about the, the semi-squares actually, which is actually a very creative aspect. And of course, Venus and Mars are our anima and animus, which we all have within us. And, Venus, and they're both in visionary signs. Venus is in Aquarius, which is, um, incidentally, she's in what's called mutual reception with Uranus. So Venus is in Aquarius and Uranus is in Venus ruled Taurus. And Venus, Uranus is going direct the next day. And, and Venus in Aquarius is more detached, but it's Aquarius is all about seeing the bigger picture. It's kind of more uh, kind of this goal oriented, being able to step above and and see that bigger picture. And Sagittarius also has that energy. And Mars is in Sagittarius and they're both equidistant from <laughs> this eclipse. So um, those two, are, that's, you know, I, I, it always astounds me how these things line up at pivotal times. Um, yeah, that is almost as if the universe knew what it was doing. <laughs> <laughs> what a concept! I know exactly, and and so I think that our anima and animus uh, are really equidistant in visionary signs. That's giving us the ability to step above and look down at this as everything that's going on, and kind of see the good that's coming underneath, and not getting sucked down into. Uh, the fear and the shadow and say, you know, this, there is a way through and beyond this. If we all kind of pull together and make plans and goals to create a better world, you know, we're being given these opportunities as Jen always said, Jen said about Eris, there's so many opportunities in this period. And then Pallas on the, um, galactic center she's the visionary strategist too bringing in those bigger new ways of doing things as well and there was one other thing i wanted to mention oh yeah right after the eclipse as i mentioned already um eris and uranus both turned direct and for a free for a few days over this period of tremendous change we don't have any retrograde major planets at all the nodes are always retrograde. We've got a couple of minor Lilith's always bobbing back and forth retrograde. So she's um, and and some of the new outer planets are retrograde. But any of the main planets, we have no retrogrades. That doesn't happen very often. OK, so it's a period of fast, rapid. Death and rebirth and destruction and change, I think so. Yeah. Right. And thinking about the fact that a five, we're in a five universal month, that is so much about fast change. And this time about making uh, deliberate but quick decisions. When you're building something new, it's like you really have to be focused on your values, knowing who you are, stripping away the extraneous. You can get right to it. Is this going to work? Is this the right way forward? Because we don't know the um, outcome anyway. So knowing that I'm building this, this feels like it's aligned. So checking in, being very connected, because that's the way we connect to our tribes. I do find it fascinating, that thing over this Venus and Mars, the divine couple coming into an alignment, both being in... Um, in these spaces of uh, expansion, of risk, of uh, choosing a new path and allowing us to choose our freedom. And what does that look like? Uh, freedom is something you actually have to apply yourself to. So I think that's really uh, fascinating. And to see the lineup of all of these um, female energies that are pulling us into um, this 
awareness of our strength we have to learn like this is what we're all learning is about how our voices and i don't just mean what we say but the things we hold to and put our attention to is part of each of us is creating this time we're in so what we're putting our voices to and our energies to and our beliefs to is what will expand the potential because when you you know what they say what you put attention on grows so uh it's, it's just like this idea of understanding that things that are happening around us are happening because they need to happen. But what are we doing about it? Are we running to hide or are we going, right, this is awful. And what will move us out of this space of suffering, etc., uh, that we're experiencing? I find it so fascinating that the, uh, the major, uh, the, Pluto and Saturn with the 22. We didn't, I know we talked a little bit about that, but it just feels so important to understand that 22 is a master number, right? So right now with Capricorn, Capricorn is all about mastering new ideas, mastering the idea of climbing the mountain or uh, getting used to the idea of having a tail and, uh, you know, being half fish, half goat, whatever. But this idea of mastering things we have not mastered. So we can't avoid conflict. We can't avoid difficult conversations. And with the 22, this number is so much about bringing peace, but through design. This is a deliberate number of harmony and balance. We have to be active in that, connecting to each other, connecting to what's true for us, speaking out, not being afraid to share what we believe in so that we can uh, master this idea of peace. You know, it just isn't going to be a blanket that falls on top of us. Yeah. <laughs> right? It's like we have to work to it, but we also have to believe and see the vision beyond what, is, what people around us are doing. Yes, that is this, but what am I choosing so that I can activate a different reality? Because, you know, people who talk about us moving from different dimensions, this is one of those things. Just the dates that Lou mentioned about when the last time that Pluto and uh, Saturn met and Pluto wasn't even, didn't, didn't even exist and Aries and all these didn't exist Uranus they didn't exist in the consciousness of people so we know we're going to have a very different experience uh, besides the fact that it was so amazing these were religious based things that were happening where people were pushing against being dominated and controlled Mm -hmm. so here's another opportunity but what are we choosing are we choosing to fall under it saying we have no power or we choosing to go uh, I'm creating a new reality, a new idea. I'm kind of pulling myself, kind of pulling all of my value away from this stuff here and in back into myself uh, so I can make uh, kind of uh, evolutionary choices. Yeah, definitely. And I can't remember what words you said that kind of triggered this thought in my mind, but it's, you know, just politically, no matter what country you live in, um, oh it was on the what you focus on expands i've been saying this for ages i rarely ever mention the politician in this country that i do not support because i don't want to focus on him (laughs) (laughs) and so you know it doesn't matter which side you're on both of uh, what focus on what change you do want and things rather than fighting against the other one it's this is what's brought us to this place and And it's the only way out of this, I think. You know, we know that fighting against things doesn't work. Look at the war against drugs. We've got worse drug situation than ever and prisons filled with people because of minor drug offences, because of this war against drugs. And, you know, ease off. You know, focus on what you do want rather than what you want to fight against. It's just basic natural law. (laughs) It's also very empowering when you think about it. All of the people that are doing those things have um, an incentive and are being vitalized by your energy. As you're pushing against them, they're growing in strength. When you remove that kind of 
barrier or energy, they fall over uh, because there's nothing for them to push against. So at some point, uh, that will collapse. As long as it has energy being connected to it, it's growing and it's expanding. Uh, so I think here, you know, what's going to happen with a lot of stuff that's happening in this country, other countries where there is this idea, this push to to auto autocracy is the more we are disappointed or going see I knew it wouldn't work nothing's happening they're not getting any consequences the more we focus on that the more we create that reality uh, so it's like right now it's not going exactly the way I thought it would or hoped but this is what I'm building this is what I'm doing this is what I'm doing to reinforce or lay foundations for a new system right. that doesn't allow for this kind of um, uh, control yeah and you know basically it's going to collapse at some point well the, yeah right the more, the more we don't resist i think it's going to right you know all this like oh resist resist well no <laughs> right. i mean i i find it very interesting we have all these things not just like the war against drugs things like cancer disease oh. we have a lot of that stuff resist that's a lot of energy to push against something you don't believe in. Exactly. And you don't want in your life. Right. And you're saying to the universe, give me more of this because you're focusing. The universe doesn't know the difference between positive or negative. It's just like, give me more of this. I want this. And then more of it shows up instead of going, what do I really want? Taking the time, sitting down. What is it that I really want? What in my life is this thing that I want to capsize or release and just let go of? Because we all have, well, I don't know, maybe you don't, but for me, I know I have my issues around living with certain things that I've been controlled by, you know, thinking certain people's opinions or certain people, oh, they're the authority, they know better than me, who am I to argue? And kind of going like, wait a minute, that's ridiculous, I don't want to give that that person, that idea, my power, I want to take it back so I can uh, actually build the things I believe in. And then I'll meet other people who are building things they believe in. And maybe we believe the same thing. And then we create those communities and we gain strength, uh, which is so much more, uh, not just healthy, but it's also more vitalizing because here we're doing things we enjoy, that we love, that we believe in. And we're actually getting the expansion of that as opposed to expanding the attention of autocrats that we don't believe in. And, and I don't think anybody doesn't have anything they don't want to let go of. Or <laughs> 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 they're a complete narcissist or something because they think they're always right. <laughs> so it's such an amazing and powerful time right now to release these old things you know i really think this is part of this um, lunar eclipse here is the opportunity uh, for completion you know 22 is also for these are karmic numbers different variations of completion or foundational energies that we're going right i know what it feels like to suffer and be a victim and and just go along and do what i don't believe in what will it feel like if I, you know, just change my mind? Like we've got all this energy coming through with um, um, Mercury, right? And Uranus bringing us this new idea that we have all these things, technology, uh, ways of doing things that are available for us to use towards the common good, as opposed to, oh, that only works for people with money or that only works for people with power. You know, those are just old beliefs who says they're true i do want to say we're we're recording this on new year's eve so um and it's been my experience and that of most of my clients i have to say and people who just comment on my facebook page and things that all these you know the 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 patterns and the issues that we need to let go of are kind of a bit on our face at the moment. It feels like they're coming at you depending on what it is, where it is in your chart. You know, I'm first house. And so it's like, it's always felt like a bit of an attack just over the last couple of weeks. And, but I just stepped back and realized like, Oh, you know, it's that, <laughs> you know, and it's showing me what I need to change and where I need to grow and mature, which is another good Capricorn. Right. Word as well 
and and where I need to release some old patterns um that so it's kind of like they're being it's what I need to change in my face and it's been happening to all my clients too so wherever you kind of it's not necessarily going to feel like an attack to you it's because it's my first house I think that it's it's felt that way on occasion because that's who I am in the world so uh, where wherever it is in your chart if something's happening repeatedly that's what you need to change <laughs> right it's a i'm having mine's i guess in my ninth house mm. so for me but it's very close close to my 10th uh for me this is about establishing my um my independence or my sense of you know, expansion yeah you know, who i am and uh in a different way so for me this is more about me having those experiences or conversations that go this is who i am this is what i value you don't value it you don't like it doesn't matter i just need to know what i need to know so i can make my own choices so i'm not under the thumb of someone else i'm not uh you know delusional because whenever we're using other people's ideas and just just looking at society's rules and cultural rules those are just opinions right they're not actually truths they're opinions that have been developed and so we're all kind of being pushed under these opinions and going oh yes i gotta you know kind of bow down to this and it's like no i don't need to do that because i don't care about it and we are in this moment this incredible incredible moment of getting to choose to say no to something that has been here for thousands of years the piscean age which is now coming to an end has been here for 2500 years and so you know how fortunate are we that we chose to come at this time that we can actually go you know what i'm done with that i don't need it just because you don't believe it i don't have to convince you that it's true because it's true for me, right? So it's an enormous amount of freedom and liberty in bringing that harmony or balance to going, what creates the balance in my life? What creates the balance between death and life or new creation or new ideas or governance, commerce? And interestingly, though, you talked about the thousands of years of of man-made regulations and things like that. Um, I mentioned the last time Jupiter, Saturn and uh, Pluto were all together in Capricorn was 1284. Well, the time before that was actually 1894 BCE. And that's when when Babylon was um, formed. And the Babylonians created a lot of these regulations and laws that we have been living under for thousands of years. (laughs) So you know, now we're going to revisit them all and, um, and, and do something differently. And, you know, this time as well, that it's happening all together, not only do we now know Pluto and Eris exist and, and all that we've said already, we're moving into the age of Aquarius, which, um, which Jenna's mentioned, that wasn't happening last time either. So, <laughs> so this, this period, this, this month, this year, this next couple of years could not be more epic, to be honest. Right. It's a reclamation. We get to redecide and we just have to look to the times before. That's what's what's happening. Each of those times a new society energy was coming through. And this is the most powerful we know of because of all the things we've talked about and the things we know uh, to reclaim what is ours, reclaim what was ours, uh, the balance of the divine within us the uh, ability for us to recognize we're divine beings and that we can create our own reality. And in fact, we must create our own reality. This is just so liberating to think like, oh, those are just man-made things. I don't even agree with that. Or do I agree with it? Oh, no. Okay, out the window. Or this part's good. Now we can create something that works even better, right? And of course, we've got to test it. This is about doing the real stuff now, right? So are we ready for the symbols or is there anything else worth mentioning in this, um, this period? I'm just going to look at my list quickly of. Right. Um, 
Right. I, I do think, I don't know if we mentioned Caron. I know we've mentioned him before. Oh, we, we didn't talk about him. I mentioned mm. he was at one degree, that was all. Right. One degree and Aries. And this is, again, the ones and twos that are prominent. It's all about being uh, focused on your own healing. Like we tend to want to heal others or fix others and go, oh, I know what you need. Instead of going, what do I need? Because so much of what we are annoyed about or what comes up for us is really a reflection in the world of what we need to heal. And I think you talked a little bit about that, Lou. But it's this idea of that's the Chiron energy right now is you have opportunities, we all do, to heal these wounds. Mm. So are we just going to reinfect the wounds or are we going to go, no, I'm done with that. I'll take the healing and I'll move away from that energy because having that in one in Aries that's amazing it's our body it's our you know it's kind of this thing we can change our experience with our wounding and move away from these long-held beliefs I did quickly want to mention the degree Aries is at before we go to the symbols oh, right I've talked about it a lot but um 23 is Eris's number okay um there's a group called the Discordians who worship the goddess Eris and it's believed to be her number. And and it ties up to so many things. A couple of things I'll mention um, are the number of chromosomes in our body and the digits. We have five, um, 10 fingers, 10 toes, two ears and a nose, and it's 23. And there's other correlations like that as well. So it kind of occurs to me that, you know, we, we see a lot of the new agey kind of people go, oh, our DNA is literally being upgraded. Well, it probably is. <laughs> Because Eris is being aspected at that 23 degree mark by all these planets moving through Capricorn. So. Right. And if you're talking about that, uh, you know, two is another aspect of uh, everything comes in twos, right? Even in our bodies and our cellular structures, yeah. it works in the twos. So that's another aspect or a knowledge that we're upgrading. I do think that the 23 is very significant for so many reasons. Of course, it's the number of the royal lion. It's considered the most powerful number in the numerology uh, because it's um, it brings in the strength to follow the truth of our hearts. And I believe that is exactly what the goddess of discord is all about. She opens the door for us to go, I've lived in fear. This is bullshit. I'm going to take this path of fearlessness. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So let's do those symbols because I think they're pretty rocking as well for this. uh... Right. (laughs) All right. Am I going first or are you? Yeah, whichever. You go first. Yeah. All right. So we're looking at the 21 degree cancer. I'm doing the Sabian symbol. A famous singer is proving her virtuosity during an operatic performance. And the keynote is the emotional reward accompanying cultural excellence. If anything represents the type of response that a well-developed society gives to the individual who successfully pours their energy into the skillful externalization of the great images of its culture, it is the opera. The operatic prima donna is not merely a lonely performer like the piano virtuoso. He or she is the star in a collective effort. The opera is not only music, but a story, a mythos, which embodies some of the most basic images and emotions characterizing the culture that gave it birth. So culture is indeed extolled or condemned by the opera and their lurid and tragic passions. Mm. And here it is about the price of success for the individual as well as for the collective acclaiming him or her. What is success really worth? And I think I'm going to add in there, what is success, right? Yeah. A very old-fashioned idea about it. Well, I think that's part of what's happening, isn't it? We're we're letting go of what it means to be successful. 
you know, we, we no longer, uh, well, not everybody, people are waking up to the idea that, you know, it's not cool for, you know, 10 people to have as much as, you know, millions of um, poor people and, um, and that we need to even it out. And we look at the uh, price of success for these oligarchs. That's all we can call them. You know, what, what have they gained from that really? Well, and I think too, for me, well, I kind of look at it, it doesn't matter really if some people have a whole bunch of uh, things, if they choose to uh, make sure everyone has what they need. Right? But they don't. <laughs> That's the right. problem. Well, That's the price. Exactly. <laughs> so it's, this is about greed and separation, right? Us and them, as opposed to collectively, there's enough for all of us if we understand that. Um, yeah, it's not exactly like, oh, you, you shouldn't right. have money just exactly. you have money. It's uh, exactly. Right. And and to add to that, it's not just oligarchs, but just, I mean, I know lots of people that have worked very hard to have earn a decent wage and kind of survive or live well, that can be uh, soul-sucking. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So what does it, like Jen said, what, what is success? You know, what is, what is wealth? What's abundance? Is it all just about hoarding like we've been doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah so the um chandra symbol is high up on a mountain an eagle's nest heritage and birthright the soul's inheritance being granted a belongingness and attunement to rarefied worlds consciousness triumphant maintaining the crown vista of universal essentials you are imbued with the natural wonders and treasures wakeful vigilant and clear you have superlative faculties of sifting through and finding out what we all need to see here remarkably untouched by personal limitations and distortions called upon to uphold the truth and knowing it serene focused and unsentimental diving right to the place where the goods are impeccable skills used under constraint the finest accompanies each breath the mark of previous karmic attainments of the highest kind resuming where you left off steady self-assured and righteous in the best sense beyond reproach oh i love that to be honest That's yeah like... <laughs> <laughs> powerful yeah right. what a wonderful way to live yeah, isn't it? And that's what we're seeking, I think. I sound funny with the Chandra symbols. Sometimes I take them as a bit of a warning. This one I take as, as what we're aiming for, and which is very appropriate because it's for the moon and the moon is on the north node. So that's our karmic potential, our future, what we're being pulled towards or given the opportunity to uh, to live that way. Right. And even with the... Um... Sabian symbol that seemed kind of weird in a sense, the opera singer. I think the truth is the opera sing singer is all of us, right? Out there singing our our own song in the world. And that is what uh, allows us to be part of the world. Well, I loved the keynote that you read with it as well. Right. The emotional reward accompanying cultural excellence. We're trying to create a, a kind of more egalitarian culture that's what we're being asked to do really so with new rules <laughs> so yeah awesome okay so that's that for that one and wow happy new year to everybody um, we're going to tell you where you can find us but we're really grateful for you supporting our podcast all through the year we do love doing this so much and um we're kind of excited to help guide you through 2020 as well, because it's a, it's really exciting time to be alive. So, uh, yes. Yeah. So Jen, yes. thank you so much. How can people find you, Jen? 
So they can find me at on my website, jenduchen.com. The Illuminating Journey cards are available there as well, jenduchen.com backslash Illuminating Journey cards. Um, uh, I have a YouTube channel that I share readings from the cards, meditations, etc. I think it's under my name, Jen Duchen, but anyway, you can look it up. Uh, I also have a group on Facebook, We Belong Here. Um, I'm all over the place and I have a membership site, um, membership group, not site, uh, Soul Pillar Salon. Um, so yes, offering lots of free things, readings, etc. Those are not free, but readings and <laughs> and a reminder again that we're both still offering the specials so. right so it's a great deal 108 dollars still available till the 12th if you book and pay before even if you don't do it exactly by the 12th uh but uh yeah so yeah look for me i'm everywhere and the same with me i'm everywhere too google my name um, I, my, my, one of my main focuses for 2020 is to, um, do more video though. So, uh, I have a YouTube channel, Cosmic Owl Astrology. So I would appreciate any, um, subscribers, new subscribers to the channel. I plan on doing a lot of like series of, um, kind of almost teaching some astrology and, and things like that. Um, I'm on Facebook, Cosmic Owl Astrology um, Facebook page. Also, I have a group to Planetary Magic Cafe, um, Instagram, um, Louise Eddington. Um, but you'll find them all from Google. And I'll put some of the links in, um, in our YouTube channel, Weirdly Magical Podcast YouTube channel. So we'd like subscribers there too. <laughs> so- <laughs> And reviews right. for the podcast, any reviews welcome as well. We love reviews. They help the podcast kind of get seen more. And um, so there's lots of things you can do to support the podcast um, just by clicking boxes and subscribing and leaving stars and written reviews and things like that. So that'd be very helpful to us. So, right. yeah, so I think from for now, it's uh, that's it end of the uh, decade although there's some discussion over whether did i tell you that jen mm. i got unfriended by on facebook by this um elderly male astrologer because he was insistent that the new decade doesn't start till 2021 because there was no year zero in um, the julian and gregorian calendars and i was just basically like going well it's all bullshit anyway because <laughs> It's a made by man and it's nothing to do with you. Right. Somebody just decided arbitrarily to do it and uh, whether it didn't exist is actually existing. We have this year here, right? So you say this year doesn't exist. And I mean, what could be clearer? 2020, you know, you, you can't be clearer about the fact that we've hit a major milestone. I mean, I, I don't think you need to know anything about anything to know that, right? that's hilarious oh well <laughs> people have their weird opinions and then they take themselves off more, more old paradigm gone <laughs> right he was like you're irrational <laughs> yay i'll be irrational in your eyes <laughs> <laughs> okay well then there, I hope you're all laughing now. <laughs> so, for, so for this time and for the tw- last time in 2019, it's goodbye from Lou. Yes, last time in 2019, it's goodbye from Jen. <laughs>